guys, we are back with another episode of In the Trenches. It's myself, Elliot, and Gary, and today we are sitting down with the one and only, the legend, John Zick. John, yeah. how you doing? Doing great, man. Love being in SoCal. Yeah, man. This morning, John was at Vanguard and was speaking to their theology program, right? To the chapel. To the chapel. 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 Yeah. Wow, how'd that go? Went really well. If yeah. it was just the theology program, it would not have gone well. <laughs> <laughs> they would have called me out on um, a few things. Actually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, man, we're, we're excited to finally get you on the podcast. John's been a good friend of all of ours for a long time and has been out to SoCal a handful of different times with us, but today's the first day he's actually on the podcast with us. I've, I've been offended, to be honest, <laughs> yeah. uh, but now, now I feel good. I got the invite to the podcast, so that's a big big deal um but yeah man we're excited to have you on the podcast and we're just going to jump straight into it today um why don't you let everyone that's listening know a little bit about yourself what you do um just a little bit about yourself yeah so i currently live in springfield missouri i oversee the ministerial advancement department for mm. the national office sounds that's, that's big. sounds fancy yeah. doesn't it uh aka called <laughs> is is what that is um so yeah we've been there about three years you know before that was in youth ministry for 10, 10 years, 13 years. Uh, part of that was in Sacramento, California, and then oh, another wow. part was in Michigan. So, What part of Sacramento? Obviously Sacramento, but what church in Sacramento? Here we go. Um, <laughs> part of Sacramento. <laughs> Trinity Life Center. The Sacramento part. North Highlands. <laughs> nice, yeah. nice. Um, it's already starting. But, um, John, uh, there's a question that we famously ask uh, every guest, and that is, a crazy youth ministry story that you have and so we want to ask that question to you what is a crazy youth ministry story that you have like crazy funny or crazy spiritual or not spiritual, not spiritual. <laughs> i figured i figured i was in california it's not so. kind of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay crazy funny so when we were in michigan uh our youth ministry was very much you know kind of you know we did buses so we would bus students in from the inner city uh, we had a basketball court, so people would come just to play basketball and hang out. There was fights almost every week. People bring in drugs. You know, it was just kind mm -hmm. of the atmosphere of the youth ministry. Well, one week during service, I had a student come up to me and was like, "Hey, can I? You know, is there a plug anywhere where I can charge something?" I'm like, "No, dude, you can't. You can't charge your phone. You know, during service, just go sit down. You know, go back to service." He goes, "No, it's not my phone," and he like lifts up his pant leg. And he had he was on house arrest, <laughs> right? And so, so he had a charge. He goes, "I'm on house arrest for the next week." But this was one of the spots that got, you know, Green approved lead, to go yeah. to. Dang, so he's wild. in the back of the sanctuary, plugged in to his ankle, charging his little, you could, know. Could you imagine like the plugs awesome. like up high or something like that? And he's just up there with his legs hanging. <laughs> hanging out. It was, it was it was sad. I took a picture of it, you know, because it's like. This dude's on house arrest, and he's in youth group right now. That's sick. It was, it was a fun moment. Yeah. Dang. That's, what did he do? Do you know? I don't know. Do you know where he is now? No. Wow. No, he's still in Michigan, I would, oh. I would guess. Pray but for him. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ellie, can you pray for him right now, please? Dear God, let him can be you pray for anyone in delivered Michigan? from Michigan in Jesus' name. Wow, we just it's lost all of, our, all of our Michigan <laughs> listeners, which isn't, which isn't very much. I know. <laughs> I think our it's one, zero. Our one Michigan I think listener. our <laughs> listener is from Fresno, and his name is J.J. Castillo. <laughs> so. I love that J.J. gets brought up in every one of these episodes. Um, it was funny. I was talking with Elliot and, and Joey yesterday as we were getting ready for some stuff, and then a, a story came up of you, uh, and I'll share it. it a oh story no. <laughs> where John came out to uh, oh the no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that he already knows. Uh, he spoke at my, my church and our youth group there, 
and uh, we had like an outdoor service. It was a great time. Um, super excited that John's coming out. <laughs> as, as this was like beginning of service too. It wasn't at altar moment. Top. It was right at the beginning. And he, he's like, I introduce him. He comes up and he's kind of sharing a little bit more about himself. And out of nowhere, uh, one of our students, he was in sixth grade at the time, he like, you just see his hand shoot up in the back. He's sitting in the back. Mistake and number one. Yeah. <laughs> I called on him, right? <laughs> yeah. Dude, never do that. My go-to is, never do that. I'm going to save all questions for the end. Yeah. When, yeah. when I see a hand raise, that's like my go-to. My go-to is just to ignore that. <laughs> my go-to is. But John sees him raise his hand and says, yeah, bud, what is it? I'm sorry, I'm laughing at this. He still comes to our church, so it's okay. Uh, he raises his hand. He's like, my, my stepdad just passed away. Like, the mid, like just as soon as John goes up there, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me right now. Of all times for him just to raise his hand and just like And it was like halfway out. into a joke. That yeah. was the other thing. <laughs> it was halfway into this. So it wasn't like. Knock, knock. Was knock, knock. Who's there? Not his stepdad. <laughs> <laughs> was that the joke? What? I don't know. I don't know what the joke was, dude. You said it was. <laughs> I don't remember the joke. I just remember I had to finish the punchline to the joke after we stopped and prayed for this guy. You guys prayed for him? Yeah. This John's is a legend. A, yeah, this, he's a this is why John is a legend. Move. Was he said instead of like asking for a leader or saying we can talk after service, he stopped what he was doing, brought him up to the front, and leaders surrounded and prayed for him. It was a cool moment. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. sick. But I just he don't said. know how you get back to like oh, dude, preaching because I like, I was telling them yesterday when we were talking about it. You like look down at your notes and it says <laughs> intro story about my alive stepdad and you just like cross it out. <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm not not gonna be able to talk about this now. Scratch that story. <laughs> oh oh gosh. man, the worst part was is like as soon as I introed you, I walked into our church. Well, we you had, weren't even there. I was looking. I was like, yeah. where are you at? And you were there. <laughs> no. Oh man, good times. But um, youth ministry. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, I would never take a question from any kid in Charlie. <laughs> no. Lesson learned. <laughs> Lesson learned. Oh man. I would love to know like see Gary's reaction to that. <laughs> that kid. That a lady. I can't imagine Gary's I reaction. I had a lady call at church one time and she said, Hey, my dog is dying. Will you pray for my dog so it goes to heaven? And I said, No. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like Gary in John's shoes, the kid raises his hand and says that his stepdad is passed away gary be like well where's your real dad like he'd be <laughs> like he'd just be like <laughs> it'd be crazy uh, not all dogs go to heaven oh, man. all right we gotta go uh, yeah oh man hey we could just sit here and talk more about all these different <laughs> stories but there is something that That's we do want to do um on our episode with austin westlake we did um a youth ministry draft and instead of doing a youth ministry draft this round mm -hmm. what we do want to do it is a kind of a trend that's on TikTok right now. It's kind of going viral, and it's like a 20-question game where, John, you and your mind are going to have something that is youth ministry specific, and all three of us sit here have to go in 20 questions okay. and guess I like it. what it is I like that it. you are thinking of. I got it. You got it already? I'm ready. Yep. What is it? Well, I can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I almost said it. <laughs> all right, question uh, one, question what one. is it? Yeah. Um, question right. number one. Is it a person? Yes. Ooh, he, the oh, way he answered that. Well, it's not a specific person. Yeah, no, no, no. I, get, it, I get what you're saying. Is it a leader? Sometimes. Is it the Holy Spirit? No. 
Never. You think that the Holy Spirit's only sometimes a leader, Charlie? <laughs> it like, just came to my mind. I think we it need came to my mind. Uh, can I ask another one or no? Yeah, that's we only asked. I don't three. know if we're going in like an <laughs> order. You, or you something. lost track of numbers <laughs> or yeah. what? Right. Well, I am from Norco. We're question four. Yeah. Question four. Yeah. Um, that's why I don't want to ask it because I don't want to be the one. It. Uh, it, does it have to pertain to the Bible? No. Oh, okay. Is this person there on youth nights? Yes, most okay. definitely. Is it the security worker? No, but close. Close. They know the security worker very well. Oh, is it the student vaping in the bathroom? No. <laughs> is it the kid with the the ankle bracelet? No. <laughs> no. What is that called, by the way? An ankle uh, monitor. Uh, yeah. oh, it is ankle called monitor. kid from Michigan. So what yeah. is that? That's that. <laughs> like seven. <laughs> You're at eight. You're at eight. That's at eight. eight. Yeah. Um, cool. Sometimes a leader. They know the security worker very well. Uh, but sometimes the leader is it, is it a parent? It is a parent. Okay. Is it a specific parent? It's a specific type of parent. It's like a type of parent yeah, yeah, in yeah. youth ministry that we deal with. Do they have short hair? It's a good question. I mean, it depends, obviously, but I would say most times, yes. Oh. <laughs> is it a Karen? <laughs> it is a Karen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bro, that was easy. <laughs> wow. What was that question 12? We yeah, got it, it in 12. 12. Nice. That's good. I mean, helicopter mom. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. That is a good one. Everyone well, has to deal with that. Everyone has to deal with that. And if you don't, good for you. Raise your hand during a message. Good for you. Yeah. What we like to do with all of our guests is we like to kind of give them the, the floor to share really what their passion is and um, what they love doing. And so I just want to let you be able to speak to that and then we'll kind of chime in and ask some questions along the way. Yeah, for sure. I mean, right now, you know, my passion is definitely um, called, which is the ministry that I oversee and, and what it is for the assemblies of God. It's the leadership pipeline for our fellowship. Mm. So it's not only what are we doing to get new ones in, but once they get in, once they say, yes, I feel called to ministry, how are we training them? How are we giving them practical tools and next steps? And then once they're in ministry, right, once they've been released as a pastor, a missionary, church planner, you know, whatever it is, what's that ongoing leadership development look like? Mm-hmm. So really the three words that I like to use is how are we gaining them, training them, and retaining them? Nice. Um, so that's, that's the heart of, of what I'm doing right now. And so that's what I'm excited about. That's what I'm passionate about. That's what we're going after. Obviously, the next generation is a massive part of that. Yeah. Um, because if we can start there, you know, from the moment that student feels called to ministry and really start developing and training and building, it's only going to set them up long term rather than having to go and fix people that maybe have been in it for 20 years. Yeah. And, and that's why um, just for anyone that's listening right now, we are recording this on Thursday and the called event here is um, happening on fr- uh, Friday night for youth pastors and Saturday for our, our students. And so we're really excited about this. But there's a question that I want to know, and, and that's how did called come to be? Like, how did this whole thing start for you? So it started when I was in Michigan, actually. Um, I was the leadership development director for the district in Michigan. It was, you know, just kind of like a volunteer role. I was still the next-gen pastor of the church that I was at. And so during that season is when, you know, we kind of developed this pipeline, these four phases of this pipeline. It's when I actually started writing the book called. Mm. Uh, so the outline of the book was all done in Michigan. 
And uh, really where it sparked was we did a winter retreat for our youth ministry. And uh, the guest speaker, you know, did a call to ministry. If you feel called to ministry, take your shoes off and come down to the front. And we had 40 students respond from mm -hmm. our group that said they felt called to ministry. And so we got back the next week as a team, started to research what can we do with these 40 students. You know, we had the student leadership stuff in place. We had an internship in place. But I really just felt like we needed to do something different yeah. with these 40 students that specifically felt called to ministry. Um, real quick, why did they take their shoes off? <laughs> Um, that's a good question. That's I don't a, remember. That is a stinky I wasn't altar call. Oh, dude, it was awful. He just like, threw it in there, like, yeah, <laughs> and then was like, had it, I think it was like, you know, go God, go. I'll go wherever you want me I, to go. I was like, this, there's a, has to be some kind of spiritual. Yeah, no, no, like, no, no, my no, mind's yeah. like Moses and there was, and, Bush, and it was awesome. You're right. on holy ground. Yeah. No, I yeah. get it, but I just yeah. like how you're like. So obviously, they took their shoes off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to yeah, okay. Yeah, and you know, there were students that were struggling, like double knotted and triple. Charlie's got to take his cowboy boots off. Yeah, ankle bracelets. So what? <laughs> Stop charging. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, hold up, hold up. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Uh, sorry, dude. You just you just said it so confidently yeah. and didn't. Give I feel like we've all been in those services. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like Where just a like, weird, like something. You know, yeah. Nah. And it was awesome. It was a great. It no, it's awesome. Service. Yeah. Yeah. So their shoes are off. So yeah, where was I? Um, so you wanted to make so we them do, to do more something. than just take yes. their shoes off. Forty yes. students that responded. Absolutely. What did they do yeah. now? Yeah. So we get back, we start researching. There just wasn't anything out there. Yeah. So actually, the eight chapters of called the book are the eight weeks that we did with these students. Oh wow. Um, so it's kind of the the different chapters are just the eight different weeks that we did, and then transition happened. Came to the national office um, and finished finished it out there. During so. COVID. During COVID, yeah. Finished the book, had the outline, and then um, wrote the book during COVID and uh, still had the full, you know, kind of pipeline because the book was always just a part of the pipeline. Yeah. So, good. Um, so, yeah. Do you ever regret titling it called? <laughs> kind of. Having to introduce and say, uh, he wrote a book called Called, called. called. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's every, every time and I and introduce now, it. I try to change <laughs> yeah. it. Like it's, in it's entitled Called. Entitled Called, called <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that, that is a challenge. And now the department called, it's right? It's called called, yeah. It's called called, well, yeah. ministerial advancement. That's probably why they did that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it can be confusing. Well, obviously, we have youth pastors that listen to this, and we all have students that are called to ministry. And I would encourage any youth pastor that's listening, if you have those students and you have not got this book for them, get mm. this book for them yeah. and let them begin that journey and that process. But what would you tell a youth pastor um, that would listen to this that you know says, I have students that are called to ministry. What do I do with them? Yeah, I think start immediately, you know, and, and here's what I would say too: don't wait until you have like a large group that feel called to ministry. If it's one individual in your ministry, start with that one individual, mm -hmm. um, start discipling them, start being intentional with them, taking them on, you know, different um, errands that you have to run. If it's going to a hospital, if it's visiting somebody, if you're just going to the grocery store, like let that individual yeah, be so part good. of your life, right? Yeah. Because that's where they're going to get to see it. And I think Gary, you know, you're really good at this. And this is kind of what you're known for is just that bringing them in your life, that discipleship process. Um, and, and what I found is once God can trust you with that one, then you're going to begin to have the 10, the 15, the 20, because he's going to start bringing individuals that feel called to yeah. your ministry because he knows you're going to steward it. Yeah. I, I have a question. Um, we're talking about identifying students who are called to ministry. And I would say every ministry, regardless of the size of your ministry, has at least one student that 
is called. Um, and so like identifying that student, I think is a big part of our job and developing and discipling that. <clears throat> My question is, what is the line between identifying calling in a, in a student um, but wanting to let them discover that? Like, sure. like what's the tension between like allowing a student, you, you don't want to like identify that and say you're called yeah. but do you know what i'm saying like yeah, that you that don't want to speak the call you don't want to their life you want yeah god like to do it. uh yeah. yeah you want that to be from god For you sure. want to confirm what god is saying but there are those students you where you just see it, it uh, yeah yeah like what, what does that look like practically i'm looking to gary yeah right <laughs> always we're looking to gary <laughs> i mean to me you, you anyone who's been in youth ministry especially for any amount of time you begin to recognize it like, I, I, I definitely have learned that through the years. You recognize a calling in someone. So, like, Joey, per se, who's our high school pastor right now, when he started coming at 15, um, you know, you would not have seen that. But probably within a year of him being there, I began to see things in him. And I, I don't know if that's God or if it's just there's yeah. some uh, ability there or what it is, but you begin to see these things. And so I, I don't speak that over him. Like, I don't speak, hey, man, you're called to the youth ministry. You need to be part of this. I just get, begin to give them opportunity and, and to see if it's there, but also to hopefully have them discover it. Yeah. But is there ever a right time to like say it out loud? Because like, I know for me, I grew up in church and there's like so many sisters, so-and-sos that were like, you're going to be a pastor yeah, like yeah, your dad. Yeah. And I like that actually didn't help the calling, but they weren't wrong actually in the, right, in the right. end of it all. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think so because when I was younger, I, this was not on my radar at all. And I, there was always a former youth pastor of mine who said, you're going to be a youth pastor. You're going to be a youth pastor. And I'd always be like, you're crazy. There's yeah. no money in youth ministry. I'm going to get a real job. And <laughs> yeah, I, right? I'd call and here him you out. Sit. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember uh, he was like, I think I had five youth pastors. He was my s- second. Um, so it was like my freshman year in high school. And uh, I remember, because he was only a youth pastor for a year, calling him like uh, two or three weeks after I be- felt that calling and, and agreed to it, like I was 19, and said, um, guess what? And he's like, you're going to be a youth pastor. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, you know, you can speak it in, yeah. into a yeah. student's life, but I don't know if that necessarily helps. Maybe be careful. Like, I think that's the thing is it's probably not something where there's like a hard set, like I was just never gonna say, say that, it, right? but also, yeah. like, I mean, that's where the discernment of the spirit yes. comes. But that's where I think giving them opportunity so they begin to, yeah. Without, yeah. You're, you're saying it without saying it. Yeah. And it's kind of like parenting, right? There's no cookie cutter approach. No, you no, have, 100%. you have kids and even, you know, we have a four-year-old and a two-year-old, so we're still very fresh in this, but we're learning they're different yeah. and we have to treat them differently and handle things differently. I, I think it's the same way. There's some students where you're like, you can tell they, they maybe had some negative words spoken over them and they're yeah. very down on themselves and don't see it in themselves. And I think that's when you begin to call that out. Like, no, this is what I see in you. And then there's other students that maybe come in, maybe a little arrogant or know yeah. that they got this stuff, you know? And so I think it, it's case by case. And, and ultimately we know this, but them discovering it for themselves is going to be so much better than us telling them that yeah. they're called. You know, for them to have that realization of, yeah, this is and just this is God confirming the call rather than yeah. Um, another like thought I'd like to talk about with you guys is, uh, you know, I think that this ministry is so necessary. It's part of the reason uh, it's like picking up so much traction in Southern California, but all over the nation. Like God's definitely birthed this in you. You're called, John. Um, yeah, but thank you. So, uh, 
we're seeing students like we need to kind of develop that and, and create a pathway and a pipeline for students. But something that I was just talking about this with a youth pastor the other day. Um, I think you see a lot of people who have jumped into youth ministries, especially and post COVID, we're kind of seeing this new world. But there's a lot of people who maybe were jumping into something because they wanted Instagram followers sure. or opportunity to speak. Yeah. And I, I think of those verses uh, where Paul is talking about, like, do not become a pastor yeah. unless you're called to do it for sure. uh when we're when we're talking about a ministry that's all about developing calling wh- what does that look like you know that side yeah. of, of almost like wanting to to draw students into this for sure to be like this is what god's calling you to it's exciting yeah. let's let's go run after this but also almost uh that's probably more along the training side and it might not even be the we, we were talking earlier at lunch like we're in the beginning stages yeah. of this, so this might be more down the, the line, but w- what does that look like? Or, or what are some ideas yeah. you have of, of almost sort of warning students who are wanting to jump into this? Like, yep. hey, if you're coming into this for the wrong reason, for like, sure. don't do it. Yeah. Because, you know. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, there's a balance there. I think there was a generation maybe before us, maybe more Gary's generation that would um, – say all the negatives of ministry, yeah, right? Like, oh, you know, you're going to be poor and you're barely going to make it and you're not going to have, you know, so we painted this picture, which maybe is true. And I think the heart was right of, we don't want you to start doing ministry for wrong motives, but it yeah. scared people. Yeah. Like, oh man, I don't want to do ministry if that's the case. So I think there's a balance of, hey, yeah, ministry is hard. And I love, you know, Gary, what you said uh, after the chapel today to those college students that felt called to ministry, of, of just that balance of, yeah, it is hard, but then he ended with, but this is the best thing that you can do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're called to it, that's if, the if thing. If this is what you're called yeah. to, you're going to love it. And it's, it's the best thing that you can do. And so I think there's a balance there of absolutely painting the real picture. And, and my biggest thing, even with this movement, you know, in the assemblies of God is, is we don't want just more credential holders. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? We yeah. want individuals that have the right heart, you know, Elliot, to what you were talking about, the right mindset, the right approach, that they're starting ministry with, God, I just want to do whatever you want me to do. Yeah. It's not about a platform. It's not about Instagram followers. And again, that's why I say if we can start now, right, if we can start with that seven-year-old that has sense of call to ministry or that 13-year-old, um, you know, I love this quote that it's easier to build strong children than repair broken adults. Wow. And so if we can start now with kind of embedding that right mentality it's a lot easier on this end than it is to fix the 40 year old who's been in it building his own platform for the past 20 years that's so good and i think it's so funny because it's like we say these things and you like you do deeply mean them um but even as someone who gets opportunity with youth alive to go to different youth groups and stuff i have learned in my time in ministry that it's so not about a platform yep or Instagram followers yep. or whatever. But it's like it when you realize that and then you get a platform and yeah. then you're saying that from a platform, it's, yeah. it's like this weird thing yeah. where you're like, you're honest, yeah. especially I'm sure yeah. in your context, uh, John, like in front of thousands of students, like yeah. it's not about a platform. They're like, yeah, dude, I want to be like that yeah. guy on the platform. It's like, but it, it is such a weird, it's kind of meta where you do have to go through these moments. Yeah. Cause I, I think, there were times, even as an intern with Gary, I've talked about this on the podcast. Like, I think calling is a journey, right? Like recognizing yeah, it. That's good. And then that's why you're talking about training and then retaining. Because um, how many times at camps and conventions have we had people respond to calling? Sure. How many shoes have been taken off, guys? So yeah, many. A lot but, of them. Like, 
I think the, the thing I'm most excited about is not just students recognizing their calling, but kind of creating a pathway of, yeah. of how to develop it and how to maintain it. Because yeah. Yeah. it was towards the end of my internship with Gary where I really had a light bulb revelatory mm. moment where I was like, oh, I've been chasing. I just want to be a speaker. Yeah. I don't care about a ministry. I'm trying wow. to chase a platform. And I in like it took other pastors kind of speaking into it, the, the community good. I had, but it, w- it changed my perspective. And as soon as I really laid that down for the first time, it's when all these doors open. Yeah, that's great. And, so, and, and that doesn't go away. Like there are so many moments where in your time of calling, you have to remind oh, yourself man, of that or have community with people who aren't going to let you, you know, think sure. more highly of yourself than you should. And it's a full-time job. Yeah, it really is exactly. to keep the right heart, the right mindset, um, especially when those opportunities start to come. You know, for me personally, something that like my wife and I have kind of decided is I'm not going to post pictures on my Instagram on platforms. Yeah. Mm. You know, so that's just a personal thing. I'm not saying everybody has to do that. But for us, that was one way that, you know, we thought we we really want to make sure that our heart doesn't shift from advancing yeah. God's kingdom to building a platform. So a practical, small way we can do that is I don't ever want to post those you know on social media yeah um i'm not saying it's of the devil if me, you do or me deleting bad. all the posts yeah, of no. yeah yeah same same, same me too personal <laughs> this is a yeah, personal yeah, 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 conviction yeah, yeah. no 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 me neither me neither um to, but even to add on to that what is some like other ways because i think that's something that and, and we've talked about this before um the, where especially as a young youth pastor like that's what you do is you chase the platform but you, not even the platform but you just chase to be seen yeah um and, and what would you say and kind of varying off of the student aspect and if there are students listening they can they can gain from this or even if you're a youth pastor and you're listening you can share this with those students you see that are called but what would you tell that young youth pastor or even that seasoned youth pastor that's still chasing that yeah you have a great podcast voice by the way people it's just have said it's that smooth and i don't know i don't it's i don't very hear it smooth yeah well, I, I appreciate I it thank know, you you have a voice for a podcast <laughs> thank you and, and, and a, a face, face. <laughs> yeah no. he's a voice for country radio <laughs> <laughs> um i would just say stop you know like i don't i don't know true you know i mean we look at these examples in scripture we see saul Right, who lost his anointing. We, we seesaw? Well, we don't, you know, we read Saul. <laughs> I seesaw all the time. <laughs> we seesaw. Sorry, dude. See how we're we, easily <laughs> distracted on this podcast. Yeah. We, we read Saul, and, you know, he had this moment where his anointing was removed from him. Yeah. Mm. And you look at that, and you look at it at face value, and you're like, oh, he disobeyed God, so God removed his anointing. But really, it was so much more than that. You know, Saul wanted to keep the king alive to bring him back as a trophy to show you know, his nation, look how great Saul is. And when the prophet confronted him and said, hey, why did you, why did you disobey? Yeah. Because we've all partially obeyed or partially disobeyed, right? Like we've all been in that, in that seat. But it was so much more than that. You know, Saul responded, well, I was afraid of the people and what they would say. Mm. And so I kept him alive because, you know, the soldiers that he was with wanted him to keep him alive. And so he started acting out of um, what are the people going to think? He started mm. acting out of, you know, gaining and, and keeping his popularity. And it was in that moment where God removed his anointing. Yeah. Because Saul shifted from advancing the kingdom to building his personal platform. And even, you know, when the prophet took the anointing from Saul, Saul's response was, well, at least come back with me and honor me before the people. Yeah. So his whole mindset and his whole heart had shifted. And then we see David, right, who's known as a man after God's heart. He made mistakes. We all know the mistakes that he made. 
but his heart was always the things of God, mm-hmm. not building a personal platform. And so when it came time for the next generation to come up, Saul tried to kill David. Yeah. David set up the next generation yeah. because it was never about a personal platform. It was always about advancing the kingdom. And so I think, you know, to think of that, and, and for me, that scares me because mm. I'm like, and, and here's the scary part of it is God removed Saul's anointing, but not his position. Yeah. I mean, he stayed king for years, uh-huh. years after his anointing had been removed. And how many pastors and leaders do we have in pulpits that have the position, but wow. don't have the anointing? Because their heart has shifted. Wow. And they've gone from building a personal platform. They've shifted from advancing the kingdom at all costs. And David, you know, we know his story. He's dancing half naked in the street as the presence of God is coming. Like his priority was always the kingdom of God. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so that's why it was easy for him to build up the next generation because it wasn't a threat to him. It was we need to continue to advance the kingdom. Yeah. The moment it becomes about building platforms over building students, you should get out. Yeah. yeah. Get out or switch that because you're, you'll be killed. God's oh. gonna strike you down. Wow. <laughs> um, you know one thing I uh, admire about like the words of Gary Garcia. Gary is that no, I, the thing that I admire about you guys, and and I think of other people like Austin Westlake, Josh Wellborn, like so many others um, who do have platform and people looking to them. What I like about their calling and what I like want to implement, it kind of goes back to a couple episodes ago. It, I mean, it really did impact me just the type of fathers that all of you guys are like the, the focus that you have on your home and how that is a pri- that is the first priority before anything else is so prevalent. And I think it is a part of your success in ministry. Um, and so I just I don't know. I wonder, again, this is kind of dreaming down the line, but like is there elements of that? Is there a book you write maybe about the, that sort of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I think I'm just realizing more and more how important that is Jeez. when it comes to calling is just like prioritizing uh, as you guys are talking about the kingdom of God yeah. first, but then even after that, your family, yeah. you know? Yeah. I think the moment you feel like your family is in the way of pursuing your calling, mm-hmm. you have wrong motives. Yeah. You know what so I mean? Like, the moment you feel like, oh, they're, oh, I got to do this. You know, something that we've set up is I don't, I'm not out traveling, speaking more than 10 days a month. Mm-hmm. Um, just because family life is so important to me with having two young boys right now and, and obviously my wife. Um, so we set that up for our family because, it, again, like it's not worth this platform yeah. to yeah. lose my boys. You know what I mean? And, and then not want to know God and, and love Jesus, but be angry and took my dad and all, and all these different things. So we've had to set those boundaries up, you know, really early on. Um, but it's hard, man. It's hard when you get the request coming. I'm just being real, oh, right? Yeah, when yeah. you get the, the things coming in and, and I'm open on the calendar, but I've, I'm already at my 10 days. Mm-hmm. That's a hard no. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. it's, it's, again, it's prioritizing the things that really matter. Um, did you know God that, honor that there's that quote from, um, what's his name? Jordan Peterson. He, he talks about like there the time when your kids are like zero to four it's such a short window of life and it's it's over so quick and i think gary that's been a lot of like what you've talked about at refreshers and things like that is re- realizing having grown kids how short that window actually yeah. is and as two people sort of in that window that's that's really like jacked me up is realizing like Man, Oops. i gotta do all that i can to be as present as yeah. I can be. It is part of being called is understanding that calling and understanding, you know, what yeah. that means in your life with family and with 
uh, yeah, people, good. especially as young pastors. And we said this, I think, the other week. Is is young pastors? It's it's it feels good to be asked. It feels mm, good yeah. to be yep. wanted. It feels good to be you know feel like hey yeah I got a, a place or a mm-hmm. um, you know a stage or whatever those things is, but. It's really, you know, in, in your calling, it's so important you begin to figure out priorities. Yeah, and, yeah. and John just said that. But just priorities are so huge, and, and it's important. And if, you're going, if your calling is going to last, you protect your calling. And part of that protection is protecting your family and the things that God has given yep. you and, and the ministry that God has given you. We've known too many young pastors who, um, instead of focusing on the ministry that God gave them right in front of them, they're, they're doing yeah. this. They're looking at what's next or where can I get, who's going to sure. our camp For I can sure. do. Instead yeah. of just focusing on youth ministry they've been given and that handful of maybe 20, 30, 100 students that they have, they're looking to what's next instead of what's now. Yeah, well, and That's I think good. the beauty is is not either or. Like when you do this effectively and and you have the right community around you yeah. that can kind of really help you stay on track. I've never seen anybody do it alone well. Like the people yeah, who run yeah, alone, yeah. they might have success in, in public platform, yeah. but it's not going to be long before you see a, an article or you yeah. you know something well, comes out. Well, we saw out. it over COVID, right? 100%. I mean, we saw yeah. person after person after person, yeah. exactly what you're saying. But what I appreciate is like there is ability to to run at a high capacity and in high levels of calling. Like I'm, I'm looking at you two and I see that uh, while still having balance. You know what I'm saying? Like Gary and I, we've talked about this. Some pet peeves of ours is like, that the college student who is like, I can't serve right now because yeah. I just need oh, me so time. Annoying. It's like, you're right. called to serve. Like, right. I understand, you know, taking some time, but like yeah. this idea that like, I can't, I can't, I'm just in a season of not serving and yeah. rest. And it's like rest and <laughs> Sabbath, some me time. Sabbath and serving. <laughs> what are, have you done? They, they, why do you need They me go time? together. And so, so that's what I'm saying is like, I think Gary, I, we, me and you were just talking about this on the drive is like, there's something about, doing this and getting to go to churches yeah. and, and when you have the right pro- priorities and the right mindset it is what we're all called to do yeah. like we're, we're walking in our calling um but i just think y- you could get that mixed up too is like it's all my family's out of whack and yeah. and so i can't i can't do any of it it's like 10 10 times a, a month yeah. you know whatever that looks like but uh i don't know I think it's cool. Yeah, it's priorities. And and here's the thing, you can you can set the priorities, but if you don't lay boundaries, you're not going to keep them priorities. Does that make sense? So yeah. like yeah. you can have your list of here's my order, right? It goes God, family, ministry. We all say that. Um no one would disagree with that, but if you don't actually put the boundaries in your life, like you're not going to keep those priorities. True. You need boundaries early on. And again, same thing with don't wait until you have 20 students, start with one. Mm. Yeah. Start those boundaries now and let them continue into all that God, you know, has has for your life. I'd even add add, or propose this question because I know we talked a lot about family and and when you have kids and when you have a wife or you have a husband. What would you say to that that young youth pastor, maybe just graduated out of high school, been in an internship and then just got thrown into that position of, hey, you are now our junior high guy or our high school guy or just your youth pastor. Um, what are like boundaries you would say to them? And I know they're all, it's in different contexts, but just yeah. thinking generally because they don't have a wife, Hard, yeah. they don't have kids. Um, what are some of those like boundaries you might want to say for them to hold on to? Yeah, I think that's great. I remember when I started um, at my church in Sacramento, you know, my lead pastor was Abe Daniel. And um, I was single at the time, you know, I was 22 years old. Um, I had just left the district office and was starting a young adult ministry. 
And I remember talking to him in his office. I'm like, this is great. You know, like I'm going to be able to just go all out. Um, I have no family. I'm not dating anybody, no kids. Like this is going to be the best season of ministry. And he really challenged me with that thought. He said, you know, you need to start boundaries now as if you had a family, Mm -hmm. because otherwise your ministry is going to feel it. Once you do find a girlfriend yeah. and get married, and then the ministry is going to blame the family. That's mm. huge. Or you're going to have to reshift, and the family is going to blame the ministry, right? So he said, you know, you don't want to be all in right now, and then when you find somebody and you're engaged, because then the people of the ministry are going to say, oh, she pulled him away from what yeah. he was doing here, um, and then vice versa. So, you know, he really challenged me to start those boundaries as a single person. Um, again, even though I didn't have the family or even have a girlfriend at the time, uh, he said, put up boundaries like you do. Um, and that's really going to, you know, safeguard you for years to come in your ministry. Wow. That's huge. When are you writing your next book? Come on. Um, it's almost done. Ooh. It's almost done. What's it called? It's too soon. Okay. Called 2.0? too soon. No. Called again? No. Ring, ring. Well, so we have some called resources coming out. We have a kid's called book that will be coming out in the summer. Um, and it's for, you know, target age is like 7 to 11. Mm. So there's parent elements in there, guardian elements, uh, and then obviously very interactive for, for kids. There'll be videos and, and different things. I just got chapter one from the publishing uh, company last week, and it, it's looking really good. Nice. And then we have an adult one coming out for those that are being released into ministry. So that first season of ministry, like 19 to, to 31 is kind of the target age for it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's 23 things I wish I knew going into ministry. That's good. Uh, and it's going to be 23 different authors. So I'm not doing all the writing. We got leaders from all around the country that are each taking one of those topics. And it's going to be kind of compiling all those voices um, and giving that to individuals that are going into that first season of ministry to kind of to help them start. We see that the, the number one dropout season of ministry is that first season. Yeah. Um, you should call that book uh, 23 and Me. 23 and me well we, we had like 19 and then it was 20 and then it was 21 and now it's we're at 23 so who knows it might go up um, or down 24 for kobe kobe come on yeah i mean we are in socal socal uh so yeah those are the resources we have for for called that will be coming out here soon well nice. sweet yeah john um i just want to say thank you so much for being on the podcast today man and thanks you, for having me you flew all the way out here just to be a part just for this podcast, podcast. Yeah. do you think you'll get the words called tattooed on you at some never point? never like across your neck or something why you're here no there's people we have people come yeah. on dude you can we'll do it on my finger it. Called. We'll all get it you already have the A. How about inside the lip? C-A-L. <laughs> just kind of make it work. Like, In the lip. <laughs> What's up? Hey, Doug, click. <laughs> I would never want to eat around him. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, again, thank you so much for What's being here. What's the name man? of your ministry? <laughs> <laughs> um, for everyone that is listening. Ministerial uh, advancement. <laughs> that's a little bit. That's, yeah, that, that would hurt more. That would be, yeah, that would be a lot. But, um, hey, for everyone that is uh, listening today. I just want to keep interrupting Charlie. Sorry, Charlie. For the sixth time, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, for everyone listening, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, oh, uh, just an update for all of our listeners. Oh, I won youth pastor fantasy football. I know that we've been we've been slowly updating you on yeah, on how things are. Wow. Yeah, so great. First place two years in a row. So no, no big deal. Yeah. Well, Stupid. that's so pretty good. It's really it's, I won two leagues. I was in four. I won two. I got second in another. It's because he keeps talking people into these ridiculous he, trades. He it's he the does. trades that get you. Yeah. I am persuasive. Yeah. Yeah. You're a good salesman. I am. Um, but yeah. 
So thank you, Charlie. <laughs> thank you for giving him that win. That was not me. That was not me. <laughs> Bro, Leonard Fournette got like six points that game. That was not me. <laughs> With that being said, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. Uh, that was if you not have me. any wait, questions, wait, sorry. Oh, who won? Who, who lost fantasy football? Oh, yeah, Tony Orlando. Look Which means <laughs> make sure you come to youth convention because Tony Orlando yeah. has to wear a pink unicorn shirt that says, I suck at fantasy football. Yeah. It's wow. It's gonna you be guys use one. that word here. Suck. I know. Yeah, we're I was a little. When he sent it, as I, was like, I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Felt ooh. dirty. <laughs> Don't show Austin Westlake. If you guys have questions, you go ahead that and reach out to us on Instagram at SoCal Youth Pastors. But other than that, thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you on the next podcast. Bye-bye.